0: Hello, brothers and sisters, and welcome to another episode of the Golden Rule Revolution, where inspiration and purpose come from treating people like people and nothing less. I'm Lucas Mack. Thank you for joining. As you can see behind me, my gallery wall is empty because we're leaving. We are moving to uh, the great state of Texas. Um, This uh, area has just become unlivable for our family in many ways, many regards, and many respects. And um, we are we are moving. So next time you see me on camera, will be a different, uh, different location. Um, very excited about it. A lot of cool things. There's a podcast studio that we're building down there. There's a lot of cool things uh, happening. So get ready for that. I'm excited about it. Uh, that said, brothers and sisters, today I got a really amazing episode. So Over the past 18 months, I'm sure all of us have woken up to deeper and deeper truths about this matrix reality. And I'm sure you have a really cool story if I was to ask you what your story of awakening is. And today we get to hear from Jamie Vezina, um, who had her own awakening. And it's uh, quite a story. And it's really fun to hear these stories, know that we're not alone and then uh, realize that we can support other people who are going through the same awakening process because people are waking up every single day all around the world. So I hope you enjoy this episode. This dear sister is powerful. She is a yoga um, instructor. She has online courses you're gonna hear at the end and she actually gives everyone um, a discount offer from listening to this podcast. So enjoy everyone. All right, my dear sister. Well, thank you so much. And like I said everyone, Jamie um found me through Busy Golds uh episode that we did together and then um we had the pleasure of connecting. I'm so glad you're coming on and I can't wait to hear your story. Um how are you?
1: I'm doing I'm doing great. I'm honored to be here. I'm looking forward to sharing my story with everybody and Yeah. Just looking forward to this.
0: I love it. You know, the, we were talking before we recorded just how, when you step out and start to speak your truth and it doesn't align with the masses or certain communities points of view, first of all, it's incredibly courageous, but you can, we can all be ostracized or we can be, you know, excommunicated from the groups and (laughs) And it's such a funny thing because they think they're indicting us, but right. really the indictments on themselves for the hypocrisy that they profess to be loving, they profess to be all inclusive, they profess this stuff, but their actions right. don't align. Well,
1: and that's one of the things that um, made me just kind of step back because I've always been the type of person, and it's, it's funny because you know, this podcast is called the golden rule revolution. I was raised by the golden rule. You treat people how you want to be treated. It doesn't matter what they think or what they believe. Um, And so when I did kind of speak my mind and I had all this pushback and I had, you know, I'm, I'm a yoga instructor. I've taught yoga for a very long time. I shared sacred space with a, a lot of wonderful women and to have them, know me and then say, you're disgusting. Like I will never support you again. And it was just like, wait a second. I'm not, I'm not a different person. Like I'm not a different person than who I was, you know, before I started speaking my mind. And it just made me step back and you, it makes you reevaluate the people around you, how you live your life, what you're doing within your life. and. um the biggest thing I think I learned through all of that is that like our, it's not your responsibility if your words trigger somebody else, like people's triggers are their own responsibility and you can't be responsible for how you make other people feel. Right. Um, and you have to just speak your truth, you know, yeah. no matter what.
0: That's right. Well, walk us through your journey of, uh, I mean, go back as far as you want to even how you got into yoga practice and started leading and then how you started to awake to all the.
1: Yeah, Um, (laughs) because it's interesting uh, because once you wake up, it's like you can't ever go back to sleep, but um, it first started. So I would say like my fitness journey and just being involved in the fitness community started when I was a little kid. Like I have vivid memories of going to like the gym with my mom and they had little, you know, this was in the eighties, yeah. you know, and the exercise was a thing and kind of watching her from the glass. And, um, and then she, as I got older, she eventually started teaching fitness and just bringing me along. And, um, you know, I started doing like through when I was at college at Indiana university, I would sign up for yoga classes and kind of just, just dabble in it. And then when I was in, um, when I was at Indiana university, I had the opportunity to intern in Hawaii um, at this little place called the Kilauea Military Camp that's right inside the national park. And I went back and forth and I wanted to move there. It was my plan. I was gonna move to Hawaii after graduation, but I had this gap year where I graduated college. I wanted to take time to save up and move to Hawaii properly. So I moved back in with my parents, you know, and all my friends were kind of gone from our hometown and it gave me just a full year to be home. And like, cause my parents are like my safe space, you know what I mean? I'm really fortunate in that sense Beautiful. and, um, to be home and connect with myself. And I started doing a lot of yoga. I was going to the gym a lot. I was teaching, um, not teaching, but I was going to a lot of Zumba classes because I love to dance and move and listen to music. And right before I moved, my mom, because my mom also taught Zumba, she's like, hey, there's going to be a certification at the gym before you move to Hawaii. You should get you know, certified to teach Zumba and teach Zumba over there. And I was like, OK, why not? And uh, so I did that. And then I moved to Hawaii and I was on the big island on the east side of the island. And, um, I just started contacting gyms and studios and said, Hey, I just moved here. I teach Zumba. There's not any Zumba classes here. I'd love to teach a class at your space. And before I knew it, I was teaching to, you know, 50 plus women coming into my class and just dancing and moving together and just having such a, fantastic time like it was it was amazing and at the time I was like the only class in this town mm. and um I just started teaching like 7 to 12 classes a week and um all over the east side in Hilo and Hilo K- and if you're familiar with the big island like Hilo, KL, Volcano, that whole like east side of the big island I was um teaching all kinds of Zumba, Zumba kids, Zumba toning mm. and then. Um, I had my first baby, I got married, had a child, and I had a very traumatic birth experience. I had preeclampsia and help syndrome, mm. um, and those types of things, you know, there's, there's close to a 25% mortality rate when you have mm. things of that nature. And, um, I was medevac to a different Island and it was very, it was extremely scary. Luckily my son is perfectly healthy. But then after that, you know, when you go through a traumatic experience, usually there's something that's going to come into your life. Right. And that's when I, w- I found booty yoga, a friend of mine, um, was like, Hey, cause busy, um, lived on the West side of the big Island.
0: Oh, wow.
1: So that's how, um, so it was kind of like the big Island was, was like the, almost like the birthplace of booty yoga. And my friend's like, you should try this. You know, I think you'd really enjoy it. And it was just like, after I went through such a traumatic experience Mm. um, and I found booty and it was like, Whoa, this is like soul shattering because it like fuses this, the music and the yoga and the dance and all those things that I love and kind of like put them in together. And it really molded that mind, body, spirit experience. And it was just amazing. Yeah. And so a couple of years later, I got certified in that. I started teaching that. And um, I was living in this little town, um, you know, right outside the Volcano National Park. Mm. And I got in with a community center and started teaching booty yoga there, you know, three times a week. And I really got this lovely group of women together that we would come and share sacred space and connect and mm. move and. Just have that energy flowing together it was a really like magical experience. Um, and then I, um, unfortunately, I suffered a miscarriage through that time. And then I did get pregnant again. And um, because I was high risk again, I decided, you know, I'm not going to teach during this time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I did get preeclampsia again. And then I was on bed rest. And 10 days before I gave birth, I uh, missed the bottom, like my last step, we lived in this little off-grid cabin and you have to go outside to go into our like restroom. So it's going outside. It didn't turn the light on, missed the last step and broke my ankle. I'm oh my on, God. I'm on bed rest. I'm, you know, i suffering from preeclampsia really bad. And, um, just going down to like brush my teeth for the night. And I, break my ankle, severely sprain my other ankle. And it was just like, oh my gosh, how could this, Mm. you know, I can't believe this is happening type of thing. And we go to the hospital and they're like, yeah, um, this is one of the worst fractures you could have with an ankle. Cause like you have like, I guess, I don't know the extreme specifics, but you have like three main bones that connect your leg, like your foot to your leg. Right. And I broke all three of those. And they're like, the only way you can fix this is surgery. And I'm on a small rural Island and I'm pregnant and high risk. And I saw a couple of doctors and they're like, we're not even going to touch you right now. Like not even going to happen. Luckily my mom like went into a random doctor's office one day and was like, my daughter broke her ankle. Nobody wants to mess with her. Can you help her? And they're like, yes bring her in. We can help her. And so, um, and with the stress of that, um, I ended up having another emergency C-section and it was like a Saturday night. I go in and have an emergency C-section. And then on Friday I'm going in for ankle surgery. And it was like, from then on, like my life, my physicality, my physical life changed Mm -hmm. so dramatically. Cause when Mm -hmm you know, when you're pregnant, you know, your wife has been pregnant quite a few times, like things stretch and grow and move. Right. So it was like, I was already kind of in an, like, it was a natural state being pregnant, but like your body's so different when you're pregnant and then to go through such a traumatic experience. Um, Mm. like it's been three and a half years and it's like, it's, it's never going to be the same. Mm so it was a really hard recovery and um and then once i started feeling moving i was like you know i have to start teaching again i was like it's the only thing like mm-hmm. moving my body and instructing people and connecting with people that's what like fuels my soul like that's mm-hmm. what catches my soul on fire is to just share you know movement with people so um and i was still certified to teach booty yoga and it's a, it's a practice. It's not an easy practice. And so I was having a really hard time, uh, staying on brand, I guess you would say booty yoga is a brand and I was just having a hard time with it. And I luckily I homeschooled my children mm. and I went to a random, like I didn't go very much at the time. Cause I was had a baby and, you know, still healing from my ankle and, um, went to this homeschool meetup at the beach. And there was a mom there that I'd never met before. And I was like, Hey, what, you know, what's your name? You know? And she's like, I'm Amanda. And like, we were both from Indiana. Oh, wow. She taught yoga and she homeschooled her kids. And she's like, I'm a yoga teacher trainer. And I'm like, you are exactly what I need. I need to do a yoga teacher training. I'm ready to like, make that step. Mm. And, um, so it was like, just, then you know how God works. Like We were just put together in that yeah. moment. And, yeah. um, and I did my 200 hour teacher training just so I could, um, you know, break away and do my own thing, like teach yeah. my own practice, something that just felt natural to me. Cause I was now, um, you know, healing from a pretty traumatic injury. Like it's still you know, Mm. I still suffer from it today. It still is always on my mind when I walk down the stairs and things Mm. like that. I feel it all the time. Mm. So, um, I was able to do my 200 hour teacher training. And when I was done, this was pre COVID. I was like, I know I have something special to share with people. I'm going to start an online Mm. yoga studio, but you know, we're in Hawaii. We have no village, no family really there to help with our kids. I was homeschooling. So it was like, okay, let's put the kids in school, get the little one in preschool. You know, the older one will finally go to public school. And we bought an old school bus Cool. that my husband converted. I was like, I'm going to, you know, we bought it like a junkyard for like a hundred dollars and they towed it up to our house. And my husband gutted it and we put nice floors in and painted it. And so cool. So I could start filming classes and do an online yoga studio. And then COVID happened. Mm. And COVID, of course, is like the thing that I think everyone's lives, I don't know anyone who was like on a path and then COVID happened and it didn't <laughs> yeah. turn them sure somewhere it. else.
0: Yeah, right.
1: Like, you know, it just turned right. me in a different direction because now... Um, my business plan was on hold because, um, you know, I had plans, my kids were supposed to be in school and then, you know, it was my son's first time in public school and he's home with me all the time, you know, and I can't do what I was planning to do. And now it's like, I'm home and you have all this time on your hands. And then I am going to start. So I do want to start getting into it. Cause now this is the time where I had that awakening, where I mm. woke up and it really started happening six months before. Cause my husband woke up before that. Wow. And, uh, it's like an experience when you wake up, I don't know if anyone else has had this experience, but this is how my experience was. And I can tell with my husband too, is like, once you wake up and it's like, your eyes are open, you want to scream and like shake everyone around you like wake up yeah Yeah. wake up like this isn't real you know what I mean right Right. and so I was an NPR junkie Mm. like Mm. I loved because I also was like I need to be informed yeah how can I be informed um like who can I like I had this idea in my head the NPR was the unbiased telling me everything going on like i was that was it npr was where i got my info and i would listen to them in the car when i'm doing my dishes like it was literally NPR, like almost all the time wow, wow. so i was like in it right mm-hmm. and my husband woke up before me and he was you know i can see now looking back like he would be like you know you should look into this or look Mm. at this going on. And I'd be like, dude, NPR said it's something totally different. You don't know what you're talking about. You know, you're just, you know, a straight white privileged male. Right. Mm. Right. And now it's like, I can't believe I said that to my wonderful husband, but we were in a constant, just bicker, like all the time. Mm. Like he would try to bring things to my attention. Like, did you hear about this? Did you see this? And I was like, dude, if this was real NPR would tell me, right. (laughs) Like if this was real, they would tell me,
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah. And
1: he's like, he's like, no, but it's, it's not They're They're not telling you the truth. They're not telling you the truth. Yeah. And I was just like, it was to the point where like it could have ended us. And like at that Mm -hmm. time we'd been married, we're married now for 11 and a half years, you know? And it's like, and we were, brought together like our souls were meant to be together right so it was just like and this was the thing that could have ended us Mm. but luckily as two people that are in love and 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 married it's like we would have these arguments in the morning Mm. and then he would go off to work and it was this weird thing like we'd both stew on it all day
0: yeah right and then
1: finally it's like okay we need to not stew on this let's actually like get together and talk about it Mm. and that was really the thing that you know I was kind of starting to crack like maybe he is making sense Mm. and then you know COVID happened and so um I had always believed all the lies that I was told about you know I don't want to make this political but I was always told told all the lies about Trump and I believed Uh all of them Yeah. And it started like when COVID happened and the first thing that kind of made me be like, huh, this isn't making sense is when he like shut down because we were in Hawaii. And it was one of those things is like when COVID hit, I was like, I'm on a rural Island. We have limited medical resources. We have people yeah. from all over the world coming here. And it was kind of like so much of an unknown and mm. just kind of like made me nervous. And so he, what did he do? He like shut down, travel to China and I yeah. was like, Oh good. Like I felt a little safer as someone on an Island with, mm. you know, people traveling from all over the world. I was like, okay, great. That makes me feel better. And then the reaction that happened, like he's this terrible person, he's all these things, and I was like, well, that doesn't make it makes sense for him to do that, right? And then when they started locking everything down, and for me, another thing was the mail-in ballots. Mm-hmm. It just like everyone mailing in ballots, I was like, man, like there are so many up in the air things that can happen with mail-in ballot, like, and I just thought of on the Big Island where I was. A couple years before, we had a really big volcanic eruption. Mm. And so it literally like Kilauea erupted in the middle of a residential neighborhood. Mm. So you have people who literally just fled the island and left. And it was like, that was it. They're gone, like hundreds of people, probably close to the thousands. Wow. And my initial reaction was like, okay, they're mailing out all these ballots. How many people never changed their? address or their you know their voting registration from that incident you know how do we like what's happening to those and it just kind of made me think and um i was uh not a biden fan during the primaries and then when he became the you know primary candidate the candidate i was just like like i don't like this guy I'd always heard rumors that Obama and Biden, that it was just a terrible administration, but I'd never knew anything mm-hmm. about what it was. Cause I thought if they were so bad, NPR would tell me, right? <laughs> like that's where my mind is. Yeah. So my husband is still kind of awake and he's just like, you know, there's other things happening. You should, you know, li- start looking into Obama and what they did. And the thing, and I don't know why, but the thing that literally like woke me up, like made me open my eyes Mm. was my husband showed me a video of like the congressional hearing of them just investigating if the Obama administration spied on the Trump campaign. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. And I think the reason why that was the thing for me was because as an NPR fanatic, I listened to two years of Russia, even though it didn't turn out to be real, even if this was real or not, this was so big. I feel like I should have known. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I was like, how do I not know this? Like, and then it was like, what else Mm. are they not telling me? That's right. And that was it. I was like, and it literally shattered my soul because I had, you know, Mm you have these events that are happening around the world and it formulates who you are as a person in a way. It's like how, you know, you see something happening, how can I make the world better or change things or do something? And I was given a narrative that was not real. And it just like shattered me. Like my whole adult life had been a lie. Mm. And when you wake up to that, it's just like, you know, it's, it's soul shattering. Yeah. So I then, unfortunately, and I would not say, unfortunately, I then deep dive into some deep, deep,
0: dark. Hey, bring bring it on. I've gone down a mile.
1: (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I'm sure you have, like, if you know, you know, those deep, dark holes. Yep. And that was when I was like, I need to get right with God, you know? And at the time I had never, I was always a spiritual person, but the word God was like, never felt, I don't know what it was. I was like, I can't believe in God. I believe in the universe. And then it's like, wait, it's all the same thing
0: yeah. for one thing. But I
1: was like, I need to get right with God. That's one of the reasons I love your podcast is because Mm. the way you talk about the Bible and you interpret it the way you do it. Just, um, mm. I connect with that. So I really appreciate that. That helped that me great. through that.
0: gives me chills. Thank you.
1: Soul shattering experience. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. And at the time, you know, I was so scared to speak out because I knew how everybody yeah. was talking about the narrative and, um, how you were treated and how, you know, cause I felt that about people who, You know what I mean? And it was just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that, that I felt that way. And then finally it was, I'm not sure what it was, but it was something, I remember something really violent happening. There were so many violent things that happened in 2020. I I don't remember which one was the one, but something like violent happened for me. I decided to like make a Facebook post Mm. about how, you know, we've become a mindless, society so when you think of, of mindful and mindless like when yeah. you're mindless you react automatically like it doesn't matter what happens something happens you react right away yeah and then when you're mindful you take the moment to step back assess the situation yeah. and take the time to process before mm-hmm. you form your opinion on it mm-hmm. right and so I was like we're in this mindless situation like mindless society You know, people aren't aren't being told the truth. You know, the Democrats are doing a lot of things that I don't think people realize what's going on. And I was like, the Democrat Party like left me. Like I'm still standing here. I'm still who I am. I still, you know, have my views of pro-choice and those types of things. But like they were doing things where they Mm -hmm. left me. And I was like, where do I go from here? And then and and then I was like, from here, I've realized that I've been lied to about. Trump and I think you know I might be voting for him, mm. and it w- it wasn't anything like crazy. It was just yeah. like yeah. we're being lied to, guys. And
0: you know, you know what? Not
1: everything you've been told is true.
0: Totally. And to uh, to interject for a sec, I didn't vote for him in 2016, but yeah. I didn't. Yeah, I voted third party. So i have been a very libertarian. I'm a constitutionalist. Yeah, I'm more the Declaration of Independence than the constitutional, but I. I obviously, you know that I love the written word, so I studied the right. Bible and I studied the Constitution. I studied Declaration. Oh of no. I studied you Thomas. Pre- oh, did I freeze again?
1: I think you're good now.
0: Okay. Oh, good. Okay. So what's going on with Zoom? Who knows? <laughs> they they don't like me talking about the Constitution, uh, <laughs> but Thomas Paine and the founding fathers and and just all that stuff. So I didn't right. vote for, I, I thought, and I believe the narrative that Trump was a narcissist and I grew up with a narcissistic sociopathic parent. Right. And I also had a hard time with masculine energy because I was very comfortable with feminine energy my whole life. Like I uh, felt safe with women, but men were always, I was always attracting these abusive men in my life constantly until I had to break that, you know, oh, uh, right. like knocking on my door. Hello, wake up to heal within. However. Same thing, similar to you. I was an anti-Trump. I didn't care. I just like, and I told my wife, I was like, I think it's important someday that we'll be able to say we didn't vote for him. This is before I understood what was going on. And when COVID happened and I'm working for, I was already working from home, but I was working from home and I'm like, I'm so sick and tired of like, here, listen, cause I've been in the newsroom. I was a journalist. I know these people. I, right.
1: I would
0: we'll never name names, but I know. At the highest level at CNN and at ABC and at NBC, I have friends. Right. So I just know the whole situation. So uh, so I'm like, I'm going to watch these press conferences. I did not miss a press conference of Trump from um, March 12th was his first press conference all the way till May, the end of May. And I missed one day and I continued it through the summer. I watched every single press conference. I would rearrange meetings just to watch because I wanted oh, wow. to know what he was saying versus mm-hmm. what I was told he was saying. Cause I remember early on when I watched that one speech, I think it was his announcement speech. And he talked about rapists coming from Mexico and all these things. And people were like, "Ah, hey, he's racist. I'm like, well, I listened to the whole thing. That's not what he was saying, but you know, I was already like, I know how the news works. Okay. They're just retarded. <laughs> like,
1: right. Right.
0: But when I saw his patient's this is what changed everything for me, right? Because I'm getting angry at these reporters and these journalists listening. And he just held space, right? He held the space. This is, this man can hold more space. He can actually he's holding space for the whole planet. I don't even understand the consciousness of his soul. Right. But these people were so nasty and he just stood there no energy to retaliate. If he wanted to, this is everyone listening. If he wanted to, he could have killed every single political enemy in this country in the snap of a finger. If he is everyone thinks he is, everyone who has spoken ill of that man would be dead. But he's not. Right. Then I would watch the reports later of the press conference and it was completely a different world, different realm, nothing of what I, with my own eyes. And I started telling people this, they're like, what are you? Trump's supporter?" I'm like, look, I didn't. And this is when it became important that I was able to say, I didn't vote for him the first time. Right. To listen to him and not what people say about him. Right. And anyway, so I had a very similar experience with that. So please, I don't. I mean hijack, but I'm just trying. No,
1: totally. It's and I, I don't, and I know we are not the only ones who had that experience. Because like right. right after I kind of started waking up, I found this movement called the Walkaway Movement, mm-hmm. and it was literally just a bunch of like former Democrats mm-hmm. just walking away from the Democrat Party. And yeah. I like was like my safe space. I was like, other people get it. Yeah. Because you also, what I went through is you know, you want to scream at everybody. Now it was like, you're getting into arguments on the internet all the time. And it's like, yeah. and it's by the end of 2020, I was like, this is such a terrible space. I'm not going to yeah. change anybody's minds. Definitely. Nobody else is going to change my mind. I know what I believe. Yeah. Um, I And it was just like, I'm awake. I can't unsee what I've seen. And now the only way to move forward is, to live by example is what I try to do now. So like my 2021 new year's resolution, is like, I'm not going to argue with anybody about Mm -hmm. politics over the internet. I will have a conversation with someone in person, Mm -hmm. but I will not argue over the internet because it doesn't do anything. Mm -hmm. So now it's like, I just want to live by example, treat people how I would want to be treated, you know, show love to people. Um, when things do pop up organically in conversation, I'm not afraid to say what I think. Right. Um, and I've also realized that, you know, I'm not responsible for other people's triggers. So if someone doesn't like what I say, that's not my
0: yeah.
1: responsibility. Yeah. And unfortunately, I took a really big business hit because now it's like when living in Hawaii, it's it's 75% Democrat. Yeah. Right. Like that's right. why you know, in 2016, I was like, well, I'm voting third person, cause third party, because yeah. it doesn't matter anyways. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. And so, um, when I did start speaking my truth, just, I was now like, I used to be this supported, you know, I had a community around me and people that I could share movement with. And now they were like, peace out. You're disgusting. You're a racist. And I'm like, I'm still the same person. I was before, you know, I'm just aware of more things now. And,
0: um, but isn't it interesting I, that you represented the NPR version to them? Right. What happens Is we all, not we, humanity can easily pedestalize. I want to say that's a word. I don't know if it is, but like make the pedestal like NPR was your pedestal and you, right you were their pedestal and they listen to you and when that gets fractured
1: right right
0: it's it's fascinating what happens right they we like you NPR is not a person so you didn't like have a visceral like uh articulation to them but you had right. people have a visceral articulation to you and it's fascinating that con- that that fracturing and what people do with it
1: right and so now it's like, now that I'm, I, uh, and then what, when another thing COVID made me realize is like being in Hawaii might not be a sustainable place to be. Cause it was like, they, the COVID lockdowns were very harsh, like still restaurants are still pretty much closed down everyone's masked. And, mm. um, and we decided like my husband and I was like, well, let's, maybe it's time after 15 years here, like we created a life, but this, if something happens, like let's say the ports go down, yeah, you know what I mean? Oahu has enough food on that island to last the island three days yeah. if they don't have shipments come in. That's
0: right. Every grocery store has three day food supply. This is what people don't yeah. know. And I worked, I worked, paid my way through college, so I worked, um, the grocery store for years. And
1: yeah, that's what I did through college as well. Oh, no, you did? So you know, yeah, every, cashier, every grocery
0: yep. store has three yeah. days food supply. So the people that think, like, oh, I'll just go to the grocery store, you. I have a year's worth of food supply. Like I'm not messing around. I'm not in fact, right. not even for prepper just to understand. I'm not going to be in the chaos. I'm not going into that freak out mode with everyone else. I'll sit back. You guys can freak out, right. and then I'll, you know, but anyways, yes. Three-day food supply for sure.
1: Yeah. And then imagine being in the middle of the ocean, you know, and it was just like, I, <laughs> we can we can't do this anymore. And it was getting you know, inflation has grown already, but Hawaii was already expensive. And it's like, this is just not sustainable. And, you know, we wanted to go to a more conservative state and my parents like just made it really easy for us. They're like, we have a place for you to stay. You know, we got a vehicle you can buy from us. And you know, my cousin was like, I'll give your husband a job. And cool. It was just like, okay. But then also when I look back, when you have kind of that, that like soul shattering experience, I just like, my soul was like, you need to go home. Mm -hmm. Like was how I felt. It was like, go home. You know, even though Hawaii was my home for so long and it, it will always have a special place in my heart. And it was where like, my husband and I, I feel like our souls were meant to connect there so we could heal from things so we could move on and come back here for a better life. And, um, and it was finally like, that was the catalyst to be like, it's just get your butt home, you know? And now that I'm here, you know, my parents are helping support my, supporting my children. Like my husband and I can actually connect as a married couple again. Like we'd been married for 11 and a half years and had never went on a vacation just the two of us like ever so like one of the first things we did when we got here is we planned a trip and for our anniversary this year it was like we had four nights without the children that was the first time ever and you know it was so needed like when we decided to move it was like our 10th anniversary and I was like the last 10 years we've been focusing on our kids and mm-hmm. growing together and growing our family. And now let's take the next 10 years and like reconnect as two souls that love each other.
0: That's so cool. And
1: so having the opportunity to do that is amazing. And then to be able to finally like start my business, like it was something that unfortunately had to get put on hold for COVID. Cause now I was like, homeschooling versus distance learning, like they are two different things. Like I homeschooled for years, but then to be in the rigid schedule of distance learning, it was so hard on us. Like Mm. it was tough. And my, my son is dyslexic. So going through that was also tough.
0: Um, Which means he's going to be a really amazing person. Like,
1: well, he is like my older son, both my children are amazing, but like my older son, cause he's, he's almost 10.
0: Uh-huh.
1: He is such a special kid. Like his uh-huh. brain works a little different. He yeah. builds these amazing things and he's creative and just.
0: Have you ever read, read Malcolm Gladwell's David versus Goliath book? I have, I have not. No. Yes you read it, you will love it. And it's, it's, um, the advantages of disadvantages and the disadvantages of advantages. And he goes through the whole data set and, um, I forget the, the numbers, but most successful people are dyslexic.
1: I can see that. Yeah. They
0: have to think and they, they're just, they're always thinking a different way to overcome and, and process. And, um, but not every successful person is dyslexic, but most dyslexic people are successful. And he goes through the whole data set. It's really a cool book. Um, very encouraging too. When we feel like, well, why does this happen to me? And like, no, actually this is happening for you. Right. You're going to be an incredible human.
1: Well, and, and luckily when we figured it out, because um, my husband is dyslexic and his dad is dyslexic as well. So we knew it runs Uh-oh. in the family. And so, um, I'm on, I'm in like a dyslexic parents, like, uh, forum. And a lot of the parents are like, how do you tell your kid that, you know, he's dyslexic and all this stuff. And I never had that, um, uh, like that negative connotation to it. It's like, dude, you're dyslexic, your brain works differently. And that is awesome.
0: Yes. Like, that's yes. like
1: how we put it. Yes. And he never has felt bad about it. Like now that he's this year is the first time he's really in school because we distance learned all of last year. Mm-hmm. And before that, uh, we homeschooled. So this was his first year of actually being in a real school setting. And um, he has just excelled and thrived, which I was really nervous because I know, you know, he doesn't read as well. And his spelling is, is hard on him. And I I'd ask him, and I'm like, well, how does it make you feel when you have to go into the other room for a different spelling tasks? And he's like whatever, you know, it doesn't It doesn't bother me at all. And it's like, well, I must've done something right. Cause he's just, he's so amazing. He's so it's amazing.
0: Beautiful. I want to um, come back to this um, concept of God and getting right. With oh, yeah. God. Because, um, yeah. What, where are you at now with that whole concept? And, and what did that, what does that actually mean to you and for you getting right with God?
1: So I guess it wasn't like I was a bad person or anything, but it was like, I need, I wouldn't say getting right with God. I should have actually said like strengthening my relationship Mm. with God. Mm. Um, because before, um, so after I had my, my, my first son and it was a pretty traumatic birth experience, I just put that trauma in a box and put yeah. it away. Yeah. Right. I just was like, it's going to go over here. I'm not going to worry about it. And when he was about three years old, um, we a friend of ours and our little friend circle, um, his him and his girlfriend ended up getting pregnant. And cause we were the first friends out of our friends group mm-hmm. to have a kid. Yeah. And, um, and then after that, my son was about three. And then something finally sparked in me. Like, I wonder if I could have another, Kid, I never looked into what happened to me. And I took that box out and I had to like mm-hmm. reopen that trauma. Yeah. And it was a lot to heal from. And I ended up seeing a therapist and she was like, whatever your spiritual path is, just go down it. And um,
0: that's beautiful. And,
1: and at the time, I was like, well, I don't have a spiritual path, I wasn't raised anyway. My mom was raised Catholic, but like really strict Catholic. So she kind of raised us to just believe whatever you want to believe. And I never thought about it, but I was like, you know, I've always been uh, interested in like, like paganism, like following the moon cycles and all that kind of stuff. So I really dug into that. Mm -hmm. And then once I finally like woke up, it was like, I was given this opportunity to not think of it as like this universal thing anymore. It was like, there really is a God. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. It was just like, there is, I don't need to feel bad about saying I believe in God because, Mm -hmm. you know, I was on this other path for a while and I still, you know, like to follow the moon cycles and all that kind of stuff. But, Mm -hmm. um, now it's like, as long as I can get out in nature and take a moment to myself and pray and be a good person, teach other people, you know, uh, treat other people, how I want to be treated is how I'm going to connect with God in that way.
0: Right. I love that. Um, you just made me think of something. I've been playing with this for a long time. Um, I'm going to write this down. So, You said moon cycles and I've been part of the matrix is even the words that we call things like, this is one of the things I've been, I've been thinking about this for a long time. I don't have a full answer to it, but I know that there's something there and I'm still trying to unpack it. Atheism has rewritten everything. They have uprooted the fundamentals that we've stood on the foundations that we stood on, destroyed it deconstructed it, eviscerated it so much so that they were even willing to say that Pluto is no longer a planet. Like, Oh, here's the planets. No, that's not a planet. Like understanding and everyone listening, this satanic realm will destroy everything that you hold dear at one point or another. It will just like no, nope, Destroy. Well, oh, destroy. And what that does is trauma. That is trauma to, you know, NBR. Oh, not the truth. Oh, destroy. But I've been thinking a lot about this, like Venus and Saturn and all the planetary systems. And I've said this, even when I was leading Bible study for years that the only three entities in our solar system named by God in the book of Genesis is sun, moon, earth. Those mm. are it. That's mm. it. Why have those never been renamed? If God is not real, first of all, Why has humans never renamed them in every society, wherever you go in the world in their own language, it's sun, moon, earth, but all the other planets are named after pagan gods. So you make me think about pagan gods, Mars, God of war, Saturn, Satan, Venus, all these different things. So then I've been thinking about the days of the week. Like, what are we actually calling these things? What is the timeline that we step into on a day? And we think, oh, Friday. So Saturday is Saturn day, Satan's day. Mm. Sunday, sun, obviously sun, the worship of the sun. So there are sun cults and there are moon cults and Mm. sun and moon cults have been fighting actually they're And they're two different lights. The moon is not reflecting the sun's light. The moon is its own light. It's a septic light. It's its own emission light source, which the Bible, which makes sense. We're told that it reflects the sunlight. It doesn't because the Bible says that God created the lesser light to roll by night. So it's a different light structure. So you have Saturn day, Satan's day, Sunday. I'm not saying God named these. Somehow man has ascribed these meanings to these days. Sunday, moon day, then the twins day. Sun and moon, Tuesday, both mm-hmm. both become married to become one Wednesday, Wednesday. Those two that become one produce Thor's Day, the son of Zeus, the son of the, the wow. son. Thursday is Thor's Day. And I've yet to figure out what Friday is. Maybe it's like destroying it all. I have no idea, but all these things you said, pagan, and like, yes, and I would. You know, Christians, whoever listen, like, oh, paganism. I'm like, no, it's, it can or cannot be like I what I just said could be like, oh, that's horrible, or it just is, or you know, it's all our perception, right? Right. How we ascribe meaning to these things, but I think it's beautiful that you went down paganism and like looked at it all and learned it all, and like, the earth is in itself a realm to be adored and loved and honored,
1: right? Right. Well, and the thing that that is interesting, too, is living in in Hawaii, like Hawaiian culture, they go by the moon cycles and it's I'm not saying it's similar, but it is at the Mm -hmm. same time. It's like when you go back to, you know, like deep ancestors, it's like we all kind of went with the moon cycles. Mm -hmm. We all noticed changes in the earth. Mm -hmm. Um and it's like and that is god's creation like he's making the changes in the earth and all this kind of stuff so it's like when because when i did go down that dark path you know i was like oh my gosh i am like it's is this bad right and it's like when i'm studying paganism and stuff it's like is this bad and you kind of are like well you know, it's, it's still that I, that I don't know. It's like, well, what do I, what do I feel? How does following the moon cycle? How does that make my soul feel, you know? And it's like, it does feel right. It doesn't feel wrong to me. Mm -hmm. And it, then you step back. It's like, well, God made the moon. God made the earth. God made the earth change its process. It's like, as we're going into fall and winter it's like that is a a death and like when I think of because when I think of paganism one of the things that always comes up is like the maiden the mother and the crone right Mm -hmm. so it's like you have like babies Mm -hmm. um and then you have like the um the mother which is kind of like the stage I'm in now and then you come into the crone, and it's like our earth does this cycle? Yeah. Like when we give birth in spring and things are becoming like, you know, Mm
0: -hmm. waking
1: up again, and then you're in the height of summer and things are bright and beautiful. And then we have that death in the fall and in the winter. And that's like your time for introspection Mm -hmm. and, you know, just coming into yourself and reflection and that sort of thing. So that's really what, path that I was on. It was like Mm -hmm. taking just the cycles that the moon would go through that the earth would go through and trying to live my life in that way.
0: Yep. Yep.
1: You know, does that make sense? Like in the spring, that's what I'm thinking about creating. And then in the, in the fall and the winter, it's like, that's now I know I'm going to come inside into myself. Yeah,
0: for sure. You know, it's beautiful. And I think, um, everything comes down to intention.
1: Right. Exactly. Everything,
0: like a firearm is a tool. Right. It can be intentionally used to harm or provide right. work is a tool. Like everything is in, everything comes down to intention. I don't need to go through a list of like, things, but you get it. Like yeah, everything comes down to an inten- intention and the, the observance or understanding of the universal laws, be it the lunar laws, the solar laws, the earth plane laws, like all these laws that exist. We can basically align ourselves to the net like the order of what is, which right. was intended from the very beginning of time to be, or we can use the understanding of what is to build ourselves up. And this is where intention comes into play, which is like Christianity said all this stuff is satanic. Well. Not necessarily. You're telling me that the in fact one of the the largest mega pastor, mega church in Vietnam yesterday, the largest church in Vietnam, pastor got arrested for sex trafficking, child trafficking. Mm,
1: yeah, that was, and that was based in. There was someone in Hawaii helping them. Yeah, that was on our local Hawaii news.
0: Gosh. Okay. So let's take that example. Well, that's Christianity. Well, his intention is satanic because he, right. his platform to serve his evil desire. So everything's intentional. It's not, we don't throw the baby right. out the water per se, which is by the way, the horrible saying, but it, it proves the point. Um, right. So anyway, I just love it. And I think I'm not trying to hijack what you're saying. I just think it's a beautiful no, no. understanding of like fitting into what God ordained as the order of things and honoring it and being aware of it and saying, yes, there are times and seasons. The Bible even says there's a there's a season to cry. There's a season to laugh. There's a season to mourn. There's a season of joy. There's these seasons and the birds that 60s American rock band that was supposed to rival the Beatles uh, wrote to everything, turn, turn, turn. There is right. a- turn, turn, turn. That's from the book of Ecclesiastes. And that's the truth. There's a season for it all.
1: Right. Right. So I think it's
0: just beautiful that you, you got into that rhythm and, and, uh, and you know, one thing I want to honor you sister and your husband is it takes humility. I have a quote that says there is no unity without humility. Hmm. And when, I, when you said that you guys were both stew on it during the day, but then mm-hmm. talk about it later, mm-hmm. that right away, I knew you have humility mm. because the egocentric narcissist will destroy that which does not align and submit to its own idea. Right. But the right. humility says, hmm. right. Think, okay, I, I don't like it. In fact, I can't stand it, but I'll think about it. Right. And right.
1: And it really, and it took us to just both of us to step back and be like, also like, how can we talk about this better with each other and mm-hmm. not make it turn in, you know, to a big argument. Cause we're yeah. both pretty stubborn people <laughs> as well. <laughs> uh. So when you have two extremely stu- stubborn people, mm. but who just love each other so much, yeah. it's, yeah. um, but I can see how uh, this idea of like, if it was a different relationship, I can see how it can destroy a marriage, especially when it comes to, you know, I was so, I was literally brainwashed with the narrative. yeah. And when you're so in it, you don't, you refuse to listen to anything else, mm. you know? And I just credit my husband for just, not giving up on me you know what I mean
0: yeah yeah,
1: and yeah so um but it was tough and now we're it, it's like now our marriage is amazing mm. after we you know now that we're both awake and on the same kind of connection and yeah. uh definitely it took some growth and mm. now we're here and it's great
0: I love it it's an incredible journey And you're just getting started. I I just feel like your strength is growing. Your voice being on a podcast like this, like sharing it's only grow. Um, and I'm honored to have you on and and to hear I appreciate
1: you. Yeah. I appreciate you so much for letting me come on and share my story and and talk to your audience and, um, you know, get out what I'm doing. So
0: yeah. And how can people find you and follow you and connect with you? Yeah.
1: So I am on uh Facebook and Instagram and TikTok although I don't do much on TikTok uh under Sound Soul Studio mm. and then you can go to soundsoulstudio.com um you can sign up for my newsletter and you'll get a free 45 minute yoga class in your e- like in your email right away um but then I also have an online library where I have a bunch of different yoga classes and um I like to say I take you know it's not traditional yoga i like to make music my forefront because mm-hmm. for me music is like what gets me out of my brain mm-hmm. and being able to move with music really just ignites that mind body spirit for me Love it. and um so that's what i like to create and what i like to share and, um, I did make a promo, so you can go on to sound soul and put in promo code golden for 30% off your first month. Um, if you subscribe and then after that, it's only $9 a month. Um, mm-hmm. I wanted to, uh, be able to offer, you know, quality yoga classes that are, that have a little, add a little spice to them and make them budget friendly because I know how it is to not be able to go to a yoga class or. Go to a studio because it's just out of your price range. So
0: well, I'm so glad you're doing this. And and everyone, please go sign up. Go sign up, move and align and connect your body. This is this is the time we coronavirus, COVID, all this narrative divided. And it divided those who need to go into the darkness. And it divided those who are gonna choose the light. And eventually we will all, we're all going to realize that we're one beautiful human collective. And Mm -hmm. and we
1: need to just share love.
0: Yes, that's right. And I, for everyone listening, like to connect and align your body right now and to waken up every visceral cell in your body and to move is everything. So that when the time comes, We don't stand in judgment where we hold space and we're able to heal others and be the invitation. So everyone sign up for Jamie's class, please, and support this dear sister. And Jamie, thank you for coming on. Thank you for reaching out. Thank you for
1: Um, Yeah. Thank you. It's amazing. Well, and you are such a big part of, you know, my journey. So I'm just so honored to be able to be (laughs) here and to speak with you. And because you really did like my soul, my soul was shattered after I woke Mm -hmm. up and um, to be able to have your voice to help guide me. It was, um, Mm -hmm. it was amazing. And I really appreciate you for that.
0: Oh, thanks. Thanks. Well, I'm honored and I'll keep uh, going (laughs) and everyone listen, this is the last podcast I'm doing. I don't know if you're watching on YouTube, obviously you can see that uh, my gallery wall has been removed because we are moving. um, So this is the last podcast that I am recording uh, in the state of Washington. And I'm glad to really cap it with your story. And it's really beautiful. So thank you, dear sister.
1: Oh, thank you. I really appreciate it.
0: Dear sister, Jamie, again, thanks for coming on. Thanks for sharing your amazing story. Um, it's just beautiful. And thank you for allowing me to be part of your journey and now you're part of mine. So thank you so much. And brothers and sisters, thank you all so much. I, um, just bless you all. I bless you all. I I just know that good things are coming. Truth is coming. The matrix disillusion is here and happening and darkness cannot contain light, nor is it a counterforce to light. It exists in the absence of light. So keep shining your light, keep shining brightly, keep loving people, keep holding space for others and allow them that space to feel the lack of judgment, non-judgment from you, so that they can come out of their shadows and heal and be free and look at other perspectives and actually look at the truth because we can't heal the pain unless we're willing to look at it. And we can't walk in the light unless we're willing to understand that there is darkness and we get to choose. So I bless you all. Thank you for choosing light, love, beauty, and goodness. I am Lucas Mack. This is the Golden Rule Revolution, where inspiration and purpose come from treating people like people and nothing less. I'll talk to you on the next episode. Thank you, brothers and sisters, for listening. For support in your journey, go to my website, lucasmack.com.